What's up everyone? Today we are talking about fat loss and specifically running for fat loss. This is uh, obviously probably the favored way to uh, to lose fat by people that, um, well, don't really know what they're doing. Everybody goes to running as the, the be all and end all for fat loss. And we're gonna talk about the pros and cons. What's up everyone? My name is Yanni Bormeister. Across the table from me is the shut up and do some more burpees, Rad Bormeister. And behind the camera, we got Richie. Today, we don't have Phil sitting next to us. He's in COVID lockdown after having a COVID test. He'll be back with us hopefully soon once he gets the test results back. Uh, but we're going to go deep this week into a great topic, which is... Uh, sort of fat loss training. It's that time of year. I certainly got the urge to get out amongst it and do well, some running. Well, it is running. in Australia. If you're it in is Australia, in Australia, yeah. If Southern you're in America, you're probably right? getting ready to yeah, uh, <laughs> hunker down. <laughs> to, to put on a few kilos. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. We're coming out of that period. Uh, and yeah, we want to really just give people a little bit of value on the topic because it's something that a lot of people do really badly and uh and it's the reason for a lot of injuries most commonly runner's knee the dreaded runner's knee which we'll talk about a bit more later in the series first and foremost how is everyone today yeah pretty good how's, how's the voice of god i'm pretty good yeah, pretty good, pretty good yeah. father's day was good it was a nice uh nice day yeah, yeah. had a really nice uh Got a really nice couple of presents from my kids yesterday. Yeah, me too. Keanu. Some homemade gifts. Yeah, I got that did, um, from, from, <laughs> from, from preschool. daycare. Yeah, yeah, that was really cute. Super cute. Yeah, yeah Super cute. So first and foremost, um, uh, where do we start this talk? Where do we start well, this discussion we should do, I mean, we should talk about one of the, one of the first things just to start with. Um, like, I don't think we should go on about this too much because we go on about it in every show, but we should just quickly pre-frame that running is load on the body and it has to be progressively introduced. So where so many people go wrong with running and where, where people get, because when you, if you run for fat loss, then we're, we're going to take a stab in the dark. I don't think you need to be a brainiac for this one, but you're probably carrying a bit of extra weight on you. Now, if you're carrying a bit of extra weight on you, running can actually be very, very harmful to the body because the impact on the knees and the joints is, is pretty severe. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't do it, but it's got to be understood that you need to take a progressive approach. And if you're somebody that, like, if you're carrying an extra 30 or 40 pounds and you've gone from sedentary to, okay, I'm going to get up and start running now to lose this weight, I would recommend that you even start with just a brisk walk yeah. to start with. Yeah. And then and then you go from a bri like maybe 20 minutes of brisk walking to brisk walking where all you do is a light jog every minute for 10 seconds out of every minute. And then you increase to, you know, 20 to 30, so, so 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off type yeah. thing. And then, you know what I mean? And you just yeah. Well, you let's, just let's just pause the there. Let's pause there because that's definitely what I want to talk about mostly today. But let's share a couple of stories first about our experiences running. You know, recently I started running again uh, for the first time, like, you know, outdoor running in, a, in quite a while. And the reason, you know, and this is, it's very real to me. I usually comfortably will sit around 85 kilograms of body weight. I don't know what that is in pounds. And at the moment I'm about 95 and that's, I, I'm very strong. I've been focusing on strength development at the moment, but I'm probably carrying a few extra kilos of unnecessary body fat as well. And so even just that extra, extra 10 kilos is a big difference for my body, for my frame when I get out and start running, when I'm carrying my own weight. And so I started doing a very short run, which is from my, uh, from my house down to the harbour, 
down a hill, but then you, you've got to come back up the hill and back up the hill is where I sort of, my ego saw the biggest opportunity for gain because it's really testing. The, the, the going down the hill seems to be quite easy for me. Uh, but by the time I get back to my apartment, I've got quite severe knee pain, you know, and it starts off uh, fairly gradually and you can sort of feel it as a little niggle in the knee and then eventually it gets quite severe. Now, I've had a knee reconstruction from a soccer injury, uh, but um, and it's certainly related to that. But this is something that I think a lot of people will experience, you know, little things that start off as little niggles and, and things like that. And what we tend to do when we're running, it's very easy to run until we can't run anymore, you know, but you wouldn't do that in the gym. If you came to the gym and you were new to the gym, you wouldn't get under a bench press and just bench press until something hurt, you know. <laughs> but mm. with running, it's sort of different. The psychology is different. You know, mm. you, you, you feel we have a... A, uh, an instinctual um, dr drive to run and, and, and we can talk about that a little bit more because we actually do. Humans are designed to run. We're very efficient runners and if you go back and look at how we used to hunt and things like that, running was a big part of that. You know, uh, we, we are one of the only animals on the planet that radiate heat efficiently so that we can continually do, to do cardio for a long period of time, in, in many cases days on end if you look at ultra marathon runners. Uh, so we're definitely designed to run. But when we don't do it for quite some time, like any exercise, when we reintroduce it, it has to be done properly, you know. Mm. Uh, why don't you share your experience of <laughs> switching up? Because this is the same thing. It's piss poor load management. You decided to start running in your Vibram five fingers when you were in the army and, and mismanage load a little bit. Share that story. Yeah, well, I had no one. idea what I was doing, and <laughs> I uh, I got some Vibram five fingers because you know I wanted to be a hippie, and um, they were they were you the cool they were the cool thing to do. Um, no, look, I'm not I'm not ragging on them at all. I, I'm all about barefoot training, and you know my understanding of barefoot training back then, and when I saw that you could get these five finger toe shoes, I thought, yeah, I'm going to do it. You know, it makes perfect sense to me. Um, but I, you know. Uh, unfortunately for me, I decided to wear them for the first time when my platoon went for a run. So I had no control over the load. I, you, have to, you have to run at the pace that the platoon runs at and you have to run at the distance that the platoon runs at. And lucky for me, we only ran about eight kilometers that day, so about five miles. But uh, that was way too much. And I felt fine while I was doing it. But the way that you run, when you run barefoot compared to with runners on, which is one of the reasons why you know some of these books you know the barefoot running book that they talk about why running barefoot is so much better for you because it um, replicates the way that our body evolved with running because we obviously didn't you know 10,000 years ago we weren't running with runners on we we're running barefoot but the way that you struck the ground is very different you have to land on your toes first when you barefoot run uh, if you try to land on your heel when you barefoot run on concrete and you'll know about it real quick there's just um, the ankle joint basically does nothing to absorb the impact, but when you land on your toes, the ankle joint absorbs a lot of the impact. So your calf um, works in an eccentric uh, contraction to take a lot of that impact away from the knee and from up the, from in the heel and everything. Uh, but the load that it puts on the calves is so much more than when you run in runners, because in runners you strike the ground with your heel and the soft, you know, air cushiony of your uh, Nike running shoes takes them. Um, so I ran for eight kilometers or five miles or whatever, and I got such bad DOMS, uh, delayed onset of muscle soreness for the next week after that, that I, I couldn't walk. Like I literally couldn't walk. I was in so much pain and discomfort. 
And I learned the lesson the hard way. <laughs> Changing the load and not managing it properly mm. is uh, detrimental. Richie, you've had a, a running experience where you manage load terribly. Why don't you share your experience? My experience was very similar to Rad's, um, except for I didn't have the finger or the toe shoes. I had like these uh, New Balance uh, Vibram shoes. So they're basically the same sole, but a different sort of toe area, you know. But yeah, I went on the same thing. Big run down the end of the base, around the back of the base, in total about 8Ks. And then I couldn't walk for two weeks straight after that. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's that load management, right? It's like uh, going from nothing into a completely different way of running. Um, it's just, it was just too much. Yeah. Did, you, did you feel when you did it as well? Because I reckon you and, you and I probably did the exact same run um, back, at, back down around 3 Sisby. Was that it, Richie? Like that one where you go down around uh, where the engineers are and, and everything and then come back up? Uh, down that end of the base? Or did you run up to the other end of the base, up towards up the... Up towards the obs course. Yeah, Obstable right. Course, okay, I know. I went down the, back the other of way. The yeah. And um, y yeah, uh, did you find that when you were actually running, it wasn't so bad, but the next day you were like, oh my God, I can't walk? Oh, towards the end of the run, I started to feel it. Yeah, I was, I was like, too. I'm going to be sore tomorrow. Yeah. And then, man, But not like I won't be able to walk tomorrow. Like, it's just like <laughs> well, not just tomorrow, the next yeah, two yeah, weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so the reason why both of these guys experience this intense DOMS and pain, which, you know, they're both, you got to understand, this is when these guys were fit. They were both in the military, in the infantry. They did a lot of running. They did a lot of pack marching where they're, they're carrying a lot of gear and marching for kilometers, like uh, sometimes 15 kilometers in, in one stretch. They're very, very fit. And so if this happened to someone who wasn't very fit and wasn't very conditioned, was didn't have an extremely high pain tolerance, guys in the military get taught, get trained to, to have extremely high pain tolerance, it would be very off-putting if you experienced something like this, if you didn't have that preconditioning. And a lot of people, unfortunately, are going to experience something similar, not due to a change in the shoe. And that's what the, the, the big change here was. They were used to running in, in regular sneakers. They changed the shoe that, ch that altered the way they ran and that overloaded a different part of the body that they weren't prepared for. But most people are going to experience the same thing just, by sh just from the sheer um, scenario of taking up running and not being prepared for it or conditioned for it. And what we tend to do is we go out and run until our cardiovascular system can't take anymore mm. and we're gasping for air. But that usually is far too much for our mechanics, our, our physical body, you know, our, mus our musculoskeletal system. And if you're lucky, if you're lucky, you'll experience what Rad and Richie experienced, which is a really intense delayed onset of muscle soreness just from the muscles being fatigued. If you're unlucky, something worse will happen and you might cause damage. If you're carrying a lot of excessive weight, it's very easy to cause damage to the knees, to the meniscus. Yeah. You, can, you can roll an ankle and cause quite severe damage to the tendons and ligaments in your ankles. Yeah. You know, there's a lot you can do when your body's fatigued and it's and and the you know the elasticity of the joints is no longer functioning properly yep. and you're you know you you just push yourself too far yep. and so that's i think really what we want to we want to drive home today we've all had our own personal experiences doing this uh overdoing it overcooking it and, and the intention is always good you know yep. the intention to run now is a fantastic one i think it's a great idea running is 
and an, a form of exercise that makes you feel phenomenal. It's one of the best forms of exercise for the body in regard to releasing endorphins. You know, you are going to feel sensational after you go for a run if you don't overdo it, if you manage the load properly. It's fantastic for cardiovascular fitness. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic for weight loss. You know, there's a lot that happens that occurs when you're running. The, the actual um, uh, mechanism of the impact on your body is one of the only things that triggers the body to strengthen bones and connective tissues. So it's actually really important that people yeah. do a little bit of running from, t uh, you know, I think it should be done regularly and not sporadically. But, um, you know, if you get it wrong, uh, it can be really detrimental and very off-putting. And, mm. and for someone who's maybe carrying a little bit of extra weight, <laughs> like myself, I know you probably laugh at that, but I'm, uh, I'm, you know, uh, for, it's all, it's all subjective. You know, I look at myself and go, yeah, I probably need to lose a kilo or two to to get to, back to my ideal, um, optimal body composition. And there'll be other people out there carrying more weight, uh, certainly more weight than myself it's a great idea to start running, but you gotta do what Rad said before and you've gotta start very gently at times. If you have, especially if you're carrying an extra 20 or 30 kilos. Well, the, but the problem is as well is with running is that very few people probably didn't run a lot as a child. Mm. Very few people. I, I get that there might be some exceptions. I get, I get some people are gonna say, you know, well, well, I, I was in a wheelchair when I was a kid or, or whatever, you know, there, there's exceptions. But the majority of human beings do a lot of running when you're a kid, like try to stop a kid from running, yeah. you know? So we remember it, we all remember it. A lot of people have never gone to the gym before. So the idea of going to a gym, they recognize it as something that I've never done before. But people think of running as, well, I used to run all the time, I'm fine. If you haven't done it for 20 years, if you haven't even done it for six months, mm. you need to accept that you're not gonna pick up where you left off. And if you add to that, that you're now carrying extra weight, and you're, a, you're an adult, so you, your joints have naturally had some degeneration. If you, if you haven't had impact, if yep. you haven't had impact stimulus, then the connective tissues in your joints will be weaker, will yeah, be more the, frail. The, the passive yeah. structures, uh, the, you, get, you get degeneration as well yeah. anyway. Like the joints naturally uh, um, suffer degeneration as we age. That's, that's something that is a certainty, not a probability. So the older you get, the, yeah, anyway. But we've talked a lot about load management now. Why don't we shift the conversation for the last half of this to uh, running for fat loss, specifically for fat loss. And let's, let's talk about that because that's what we said we're going to do. But before we do that, anybody that's watching, let us know, answer the question of the day. What cardio training do you do for fitness and or fat loss? What do you do? I personally do HIT circuits. I do high intensity interval training circuits. Um, I, I try and do a minimum of one a week for 16 minutes because I'm going by all the research and the research says that eight minutes of HIIT training once a week is enough to increase cardio fitness and, and uh, you know shed a few pounds, keep you at a good healthy body composition. But you've got to remember that when you do HIIT training, the idea is uh, that you need to, it's got to be balls to the wall. You've got to be absolute max effort. And if you watch me at the end of a HIIT circuit, I'm on the ground gasping for air at the end of that 16 minutes, um, probably for about five minutes after that. It takes me about oh, maybe two to three minutes to come back to reality. But I've conditioned myself to be able to train to that level so I can do that. Yeah. So that's my like, that's my minimum in a week. And then my goal, um, cardio training for a week is to do two of those a week. Yep. But the reason that I do that is because I've my biggest goals are around strength and flexibility. So I devote a massive amount of my training time to strength and flexibility. So so in 
the way that I'm prioritizing my time, I don't have time in my week to go for, for a run. I just do my, my time differently. But we want to know, what do you do? What do you do for fat loss and, and uh, in, in a week? Let us know in the, in the comments. Yep. But um, yeah, running for fat loss is a, is a really, really good thing. And we should, we should clarify it because there is a, some people don't understand why is running better than weightlifting for fat loss. And the only reason, it's not running itself, it's cardio is better for fat loss purely because you burn more calories in the same amount of time. If you do uh, the right level of intensity with cardio, you burn more calories than if you do weightlifting. Um, and that's the only reason why cardio is better because, because for fat loss, it's, it's a simple equation of calories in versus calories out. If you, can, if you use more calories in a week than, than you consume with food, then you'll lose weight, not fat, weight. Um, and so when you train, if you're training for fat loss, you want to burn as many calories as you can in that training session. And that's why cardio is great. And um, running is a really great way to, to burn calories, plus all the other reasons. Everything that Yanni said about impact is all, also really true. But another thing to understand is that running is, is what's called a, um, a gait pattern, G-A-I-T. And that's considered one of the primal movement patterns that we do. It's, it's, one of the, it's a way that our body has evolved. Like a gait is where you, where you, you walk, jog, or run, where your, your arms move bilaterally, where the right arm moves forward as the left arm moves forward. Um, and it's a massive, massive part of, of being a human being. Being. It's, it's a part of it's what we are. Very, very good for your brain. Yeah. Very, very good for your brain. So, you know, we, again, um, I want to sort of really reiterate for anyone who's thinking about starting up a, a running program to sort of get in shape, improve fitness, or lose some weight. Uh, I think it's a fantastic idea, and I think that it's an, a great idea for many, many reasons. Uh, above and beyond just the calorie expenditure, it is a primal movement pattern that our bodies are designed to do. It is very good for you, uh, and I strongly encourage you all to get one or two runs in every week, you know. But depending on where you're starting from, there's a very high possibility that your running program should start walking yeah you should start by going on a brisk walk yep. you know and th that brisk walk is going to help condition i'm not talking about moseying along i'm yeah. talking about walk. walking mate yeah. like get your heart rate up yeah. really I, go for I, it I, swing I your get, arms i can elevate my heart i'm a fit person and i'm a, a healthy weight but I can elevate my heart rate just from walking. Yeah. If you really oh, go for yeah, it. Absolutely. Especially um, if you tackle a, a steep hill or something like yeah. that. And that walk is going to become part, especially if you're carrying a bit of extra weight, that's going to be a, enough for your joints to start conditioning the, the joints, conditioning the passive structures, conditioning the ligamentation systems and your bones. Mm -hmm. And then you'll progress to short sporadic um, runs where you just um, jog for a, a hundred meters or so and yep. then go back to the brisk walk you know and you slowly and progressively introduce uh, longer distances of running until you can do maybe a kilometer and then you slowly start to build that up and and you know you would want to um, absolutely be giving yourself initially that 72 hour a period in between those bouts of uh, stimulus to fully recover, to let the adaptation processes take hold. Uh, so you wouldn't run Monday, Tuesday, you know, you, you might go for your, your, your brisk walk or your light jog on Monday, and then you go again on Thursday, you know, and just slowly build it up. You know, my, this is the other thing that I did when I started running. I, my brain just said, I'm just going to do 15 minutes every day. 
You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's very small. 15 minutes to me is nothing in comparison to how much I ran a few years, 10 years ago <laughs> when I was boxing. We used to do, we used to warm up by going on a five kilometer run. Like that was just the basic warm up we did, you know. And so, yeah, like Rad said before, I remember running. I remember being very, very fit and able at running, you know. So I went, all right, I'm going to do 15 minutes every day. And that's just how I finished the day. I, I go home, quickly throw on my runners and, and go for a run down to the water and back. And it felt fantastic. And I loved it. And But, yeah, very quickly after a week or two, the, the, the knee pain started to get really quite severe. And I had to back it right off until the point where I just couldn't run, you know. Mm. And so I'm going to go reintroduce it again, but I'm going to do that it. That was your injured knee? Yeah, it's my, I don't say it's my injured knee. It's just a weaker knee because I've had that knee reconstruction on that side. Mm. And there's, there's a lot going on there. And where it, where it hurts is, well, this time, surprisingly, was the insertion of the iliotibial band around that area on the lateral side of the knee. Um, but look, it's, it's all just about where your weak, weakest links are, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to show them, you yeah. know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to expose your weak, weakest links. And we should really, really quickly just frame this just so that everybody's clear on this because so many people don't understand this concept. If you focus on weight loss without also focusing on building or maintaining muscle mass through resistance training, the research shows that you actually lose fat and muscle at a one-to-one -one ratio. So if you start training for fat loss and all you do is cardio training and you look at the scales and you lose 20 pounds, you'll actually have lost, statistically speaking, you will have lost 10 pounds of muscle and 10 pounds of fat. And that's an absolute disaster. And this is why people bounce back from f extreme fat loss so quickly because what happens is that the body, the metabolism, the, regula the regulatory system in the body for regulating your weight and your health freaks out and it you know losing muscle is a really really bad thing and what happens is it basically goes into starvation mode and it tries at all costs to to put the weight back on and it does that through many many different um, things one of them is that it increases your hunger hunger it makes you feel hungry more so you need to eat more and it works at trying to hold on to fat because the body doesn't know uh, that there's a 7-Eleven around the corner and it starts to think that it's winter and it's an ice age and there's no food for you to, to get. So it's really important that you understand that uh, if you go running and you want to lose fat, you also need to be doing weightlifting to maintain your muscle mass, re resistance training, to at least maintain your muscle mass even if you're trying to not build it. Um, and if you do that, we've had lots and lots and lots of members get DEXA scans and everything and we've proven um, that you absolutely can maintain muscle mass while you lose fat, um, but we've also seen people get it wrong, get it really yeah. wrong, and we've seen people you know, going, oh my God, I've lost like six inches around my waist, but then they get their DEXA scan and they've actually lost as much muscle. muscle as their yeah. fat as well and it's a, Ooh, um, that's it's a, a disaster good, that's a good key insight for today's show I well think. we should we should maybe we could probably do a whole show about that so i just wanted to touch on that yeah to touch on it yeah Let, let's jump into some of our um our viewers uh comments here so simon vandekratz is saying hey just finished ums monday workout phase two awesome brother is that your first time doing uh the phase two monday workout um sean turner is saying i bike for 30 minutes hard five days a week at 57. This is what I've found that keeps my blood pressure down. Running works even better, but my ankles don't like this it is, much anymore. This is a really good point to highlight. Um, Sean, I'd love to know, you know, because cycling, and this is something that we need to, you know, this is really why I wanted to uh, talk about this topic today. Uh, cycling is much easier to do at a higher intensity, high volume, bec because it's less, it's n no impact. Yeah. And so you don't, 
end up with that uh, with that problem. And this is where so many people get running wrong. They try to match that level of sort of intensity. They have a goal intensity in mind. Yeah. And then they try to run to match that goal yeah. intensity, yeah. but the body's not ready for it just yet, you know? Yeah. And so what I would um, uh, suggest, Sean, is that, you know, even though, um, you know, at, at age 57, you've, that's, you've got um, lots and lots of reason to get a little bit of impact, you know, you certainly want your bones and your connective tissues to still be developing that strength. Yep. So I would say, you know, um, 100% keep up the cycling because that's going to match your intent, your fitness intensity that requirement. Yep. But then just introduce some really gentle impact um, through either, you know, light, short distance jogs. Don't let yourself go to fatigue because yeah. when you go to fatigue, the muscle systems start to lose their coordination and yep. then you can start to hurt your ankles or start off just by going, doing that like, you know, try, um, brisk walk. Try or tw try twice a week in your in your cardio sessions. Maybe Monday and Thursday. Start with a five minute brisk walk, and then do a two to five minute r light run. Something that doesn't hurt your ankles, and then finish it with a really twenty minute intense cycle. So you still get that half an hour of training in. And then once or twice a week, just gradually increase the amount of time that you run, listening to the pain in your body. If it, if it hurts, then back it off a bit. If it doesn't, you can go a little bit more. Yep. See how that works the for key, you. The key is, Sean, to get that stimulus, but not overdo it. Manage the load. So you want to... You want to, whatever you do, walking, running, jogging, sprinting, it, you want to bring it to the level that's just before you feel discomfort, yep. you know, and yep. pain in your ankles. And yep. then slowly, progressively increase it mm -hmm. over time. Tyson McNeil, how are you, brother? Tyson is a, uh, is a good buddy of mine from the army. He was in Charlie Company with me. He was even in um, my platoon. We were in seven platoon together, weren't we? But we weren't in the same section, I'm pretty sure. Um, Tyson but uh, yeah how are you brother good to see you on the show and um, I've got to pre-frame this for a little while because I spoke to Tyson recently uh, via messenger um, he is still in the army he's still serving and he's really worked um, he's got a family now and he's worked um, quite hard over the eight years since I've been out of the army um, to get healthy and fit so what we're about to read that Tyson does, this is somebody who is, um, correct me if I'm wrong, bro, I think you're about 30 around that age now, but who for the last 12 years has been in military service working up fitness levels. So what we're about to see here is, is this is not for a beginner, what he's saying. So Tyson's saying, Yanni Burmaster, not sure what you guys think about this. I try and maintain a good set of intervals at 400 meters. So he's running for 400 meters in one interval, say eight times 400s with a one minute 30 to two minute rest or six times 400s with a 45 second to one minute rest twice a week. I find if you need to tailor your fitness, you can explode from that basic fitness to most things. I also might do this on a treadmill for a couple of weeks if my legs feel tired, etc. I'm trying to find more time for the 18-minute routine. Mate, that's a, yeah, an that's absolutely awesome. amazing way of doing it. And to yeah. look at your profile picture again, bro, you're looking like you're in pretty good shape. Um, intervals are a wicked way. Sprint intervals I'm talking about are yep. a wicked way to, to increase fitness. That We actually, our Sunday session when I was boxing at the most elite level was exactly that. We used to go down to an oval nearby here, which is right on the water. So we could jump in the ocean straight after for some recovery. And we used to do, it, it, the interval distances varied, changed depending on where we were in our programming. But yeah, we did about the same sort of thing. We used to do either 200 meter sprints, 100 meter sprints or 400s. 
and then we'd often finish it with in an intense 60 seconds of shadow boxing once we already maxed out our heart rate. And, and the idea was we all had heart rate monitors. We tried to maintain our max heart rate during that, uh, that boxing at the end. And man, we were fit. Like we were insanely Four, fit. 400 yeah. is so hard. I've, I think I've only done 400, exactly what you're talking about there. Um, Tyson, uh, a few times when I was in the army, when I did that, it was when we were in East Timor. And uh, God, my um, section two IC just floored me because he would he would have been about five to eight kilos overweight, like he had a belly on him. And man, he just flew. He was so much faster yeah. than I was with it. Oh, they killed me. Um, so who else have we I got like here? Simon Van, Van der Kreets. My, my cardio this morning was hurting 29 calves. So when I pour out a bucket of uh, food, they all get the chance to eat an equal amount before the quick ones eat it all. That's unreal. Nice one. Yeah, nice. So That's I'm assuming you're a farmer, idea. Simon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jody's saying, I'm starting to run again this week after walking every morning for a few weeks after uh, a knee reconstruction. I always uh, have to strengthen my knees first. Yeah, good on you, Jody. Just take it easy and, you know, let your body tell yeah, you when it's time to Very gentle start, Jody. Yep. Very gentle start. Yep. So because you, you're going to access different muscle systems by running than walking. Yeah. And you're going to stress different. And depending on what you've had for the knee reconstruction, if it was an ACL and you had a hamstring graft like me, then you've got um, a lot of weakness in that hamstring. And that is a pivotal system in running that can cause a little instability in the body. So yeah. let's uh, just take it nice and easy. Don't yeah. do what I did. Yeah. <laughs> Tyson, just quickly, bro. Are you still in infantry or did you core transfer? Um, let me know. Um, so yeah, Tyson's saying I try to maintain one minute 20 at 400s. Man, that's, you're, you must be very fit now. What's your BFA time these days, um, Tyson? Your basic fitness assessment for anybody that wants to know what that means. Um, let me know. Uh, Sean Turner is saying I used to run alternating five kilometers and 2.5 kilometers every day at lunch, developing ankle and arch problems. Yeah, look, every day, um, you know, it's a load. So running every day is quite often just too much load. You yeah. know, it's like saying, oh, you know, I, I deadlift every day and my back hurts all the time. Well, yeah, man, de deadlifting every That's day right. would make your back hurt yeah. uh, a lot. You've got to think of this. Whenever you increase in uh, consistency, you, uh, frequency, you've got to reduce intensity. Yep. So if the frequency goes up, the intensity goes down. So I'm not saying you can't run every day. There's plenty of people that do it, but man, the intensity has to be reduced. Yeah. Uh, Sean, I was, Sean's our cyclist from before, by the way. Sean, yep. I'd, I'd love to know what your body weight did over that time. Did you uh, remain the same body weight or did, did your, is your body weight increasing or decreasing? Uh, is there any variable changing there? Um, what Rad just said now is absolutely spot on. There's, you know, we ha this is what exactly what I did. I, I, uh, my run is only 1.8 kilometres down to the water and back, so it's even less than that. Uh, but it is up a really steep hill on the way back the whole way. And um, yeah, every day was just too much. There's not enough time to recover, yeah. you know. And yeah. it just that load it just builds up. It builds up. You get what's called accumulative fatigue. And there, then you run into problems. Yeah, once or twice a week is um, is a really good place to start with running. So, uh, Vinnie Brown is saying, until I can get back to Taekwondo regularly, it's the at-home workouts cardio circuit for the win. And man, th good. They, they are enough. Yeah. <laughs> I proved that. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, Tyson's saying he's 30. I yeah, thought so, bro. 
Jody Buttle is saying, yep, ACL slash hamstring graft as well as meniscus tear, taking it slow. Yeah, my, that's all my, I'm capable of my right recommendation now. for you, Jody, which is exactly what was said to me. Unfortunately, when you come out of an ACL repair like that, um, they treat you as a general pop and they really emphasize quad strength. There's not, an, which is what you need to get in and out of a chair and up a flight of stairs and walking again so you can get yourself out of the hospital and out of palliative care. They don't focus on athletic performance and for athletic performance, you need to regain your hamstring strength. And uh, I found that until I went and saw a sports physio who was you know, very well versed in uh, preparing athletes after a, uh, integrating athletes back into their sport after an ACL reconstruction, um, I really couldn't do much, you know, it was really annoying. And uh, then he just got me in the gym deadlifting and really strengthening my hamstrings. And, uh, and yeah, I, and now I'm much better off, but that took a long time and it, and, and it took a lot of frustration because the, the rehab I did straight out of hospital was terrible. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah, you need to right. work with someone who's going to focus on performance, not just sort of enough to get you out of hospital. That's my, my feedback. That's it cool. guys. Yeah, that's it. That's all we got Great time show. for. We're I think I think we're going to continue this discussion. Yeah, uh, we're going to go. We're going to go deep into running. We're going to go into programming for running, and we're going to also hopefully with Phil back on here, we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, what can happen, what can go wrong, and how to avoid that. We want to talk about how to avoid the dreaded runner's knee, uh, which is really what stifles a lot of people. And uh, and yeah, I think we're going to give a lot of value here because there's going to be a lot of people thinking about. Uh, getting some running in and so you should it's a fantastic idea for summer all right guys we'll see you tomorrow you know i just want to quickly say here just sean turner has given one last uh comment um he's saying that he drops from 175 to 159 and uh, uh pounds and uh he's saying felt great but overdid it the marine in me said push through the pain that didn't work haven't run for several years now you know sean and anybody that's listening what you've just highlighted is exactly what yanni and i we're, we're talking about with this load management and how to how to um, go about this the right way. The idea of it's an all or nothing mentality. It's an idea of I'm going to go as hard as I can. Oh, that didn't work. Now I'm going to do nothing. It's hard for us, especially mm. if you used to be a marine or if you used to be an infantry soldier. I really get it. We get tr we get trained to to work that way, but it's not how it works in life, and especially not when you're in your fifties. There's you know, or, uh, nothing or all, there's this whole range in yeah. between there that can be accessed. Yeah. So, and that's what you need to do. And the biggest thing, Sean, if you're a Marine and this is what you're going through, the biggest thing that you need to work on is your mindset. Yeah. Your, your mindset around this idea of, well, if I run, I run and yeah. I go for it, or nah, I can't do it, I'm in pain. You don't need to be like I that. I can so relate. I, I, yeah. I relate to what, you're, what you experienced, Sean, trust me. Uh, mm. But yeah, just, just integrate it a little bit more gently, be a bit kind to yourself. Read, um, read David Goggin's book, Can't Hurt Me. I love that book. And, uh, and, and then do some stretching. <laughs> what he talks about towards the end there about how stretching completely changed his life I reckon there might be a little bit of value in that from you my, my brother yep. anyway right, have a great day everyone we'll see we'll you tomorrow see you guys take care health is about performance not just body image you better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there we'll start focusing on movement goals strength goals flexibility goals when you nail that skill it's there forever the body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. 
There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.